0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
1: Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera. So... People currently listening to comedy podcasts and people listening to political podcasts and people listening to true crime podcasts who actually can't stop listening to true crime podcasts and it's ruling their lives. The point is everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with eligible trade in. Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply.
2: Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political newbie, Kobe Omenaka. And as always, I'm joined by our political geniuses in Diane and Tatten. How are you guys doing?
3: Hi.
0: I'm, I'm not too happy. I'm not too happy because you just, if you're a newbie, we're oldies. And yeah. I don't <laughs> yep. feel like I am an oldie yet. <laughs> I, I'm in the prime of my life.
2: I've heard from everyone at all walks of life that you always feel younger than you are. So... um <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, that, is that not
2: the case I think I'm I think I'm slightly older than you we've not we've not compared birthdates yet but I think I think I'm just a touch older I think we're all same kind of 80s kids um, bracket yeah uh, but yeah
0: I squeak squeeze in there it's 1980 oh, you?
3: see oh, him you? see him yeah
0: well same here same here oh, oh look right. at that maybe maybe one day we'll,
2: we'll compare that we'll, com- we'll compare properly i'm sure the listeners can't wait <laughs> for
3: that <laughs>
0: for that expose
2: <laughs> well that's that's a light-hearted intro to this week which might be a bit darker than than previous ones uh in the previous weeks haven't exactly had the uh the sunshine shining through every single moment um let's head to the popularity contest to see where this week's going to take us oh. So every week we have a look at the week's most popular posts in reverse order, and well, I think everyone kind of knows where this is going to go. To start off, with, but well, Tatton, do you want to do you want to lead us out with this?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's it's obviously Ukraine. Um, mm. We I don't think are going to spend much time this podcast talking about Ukraine because, well, partly because things are moving incredibly fast there, mm. and you might be listening a few days from now, and it'll all seem like history. And partly because actually i don't feel like it's really my field like um i don't know enough about international relations i certainly can't explain to you anything about putin's motivations apart from just being a horrible man Mm. uh and i also can't quite see beyond the horror being faced by people who just want to live their lives in in ukraine who are being told by governments to make Molotov cocktails at home to throw. I mean, it's it, just it, it's just awful. So anyway, we'll go on. So, I mean, so 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 in at three in the. I mean, the word terms popularity contest seem out of place uh, today. But in at three, a post about the PM's reaction. The PM addressed the nation at midday on the day that that Russia invaded, and he said, "We're gonna do some economic sanctions." um in response
2: I, I want to touch on a couple of things you said there because i talking about the government saying make Molotov cocktails we relayed very briefly uh, the story of um post Sarah Everard and we we were told in the UK that if a single policeman comes to you then you should run away and that's the that's the last thing you expect as you know a government to tell you to run away from the people who supposed to be protecting you this seems to be a few notches above that Oh. to say your government say guys make some weapons mm. um <laughs> to protect yeah. yourself i finished my previous job last week and started a new one and in that previous job i was working with a guy who's based in ukraine and i sent him a message yesterday asked him how he was i've not had a response i've seen i've seen on whatsapp he's was, he was online since i posted the message but i'm still like i don't um, i mean yeah, i met him for maybe half an hour a week but i'm still like
3: yeah you'd like to dude, know. Hope.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah i'd yeah. like to know it's i think i think a lot of people got
0: heavy hearts and heavy heads at this at this moment in time because these are real people right mm. like they're real people living through the worst things
2: and for no i think and as i said we don't know i'm not an expert in this way anyway shape or form in such relations but for no real i'm not sure what is a justifiable reason but for for reasons
0: that don't make sense with i don't know i don't know if either i mean i'm banging on here but um there's a play by a lady called Sarah Kane. Mm. Um, it's got blasted. It's called and it's about kind of all-out war and what it means to be human in these situations. And it's um, <laughs> miserable, but it it speaks to a reality. Don't check it out if you're like easily upset. Mm. I, that's
3: an anti, I, I, anti-recommendation yeah. there. I, I think that's, that's a point as well. Like a lot of, because Ukraine was... was post number 2 you know in terms of this week's highest readership um as well so it was it was number 3 in terms of mm. the pm thing it was number 2 as well that uh, an update we did just about um president zelensky and his initial call to arms saying to people you know we'll provide you with weapons if you want to fight so even you know that's escalated since then but his initial thing was number 2 so it's really dominant, obviously, as a news story. And a lot of readers actually were finding are kind of experiencing that anxiety almost that they had with the news when it was COVID and it was really bad at the start. People are having that come back, you know, that kind of sense of feeling mm. that the news is is a particularly scary place at the moment. And it's been nice as, to hear from people who just appreciate kind of really the style that, that we we're using that we have used for some time, which is just really set out, really simplistic. You know, five or so key bullets that you might need to know about each update as it happens. But I can see, you know, that it it's it's in Ukraine, sure, but you know, this is this is kind of unprecedented in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for, for for many many years, and people are wondering, sort of. Does it go beyond, does it move beyond Ukraine? You know, what else has Putin got in his sights? Where does it come? When does it start to hit home to us? You know, what what's going to be the real impact? Is it just going to be oil prices and things like that? Or what What else will, you know, will we see or feel here in the UK? So a whole range of emotions this week. If it is just,
2: and I say just, quote unquote, because we talked about cost of living increase and if oil prices go up for other people, you know, population, a certain amount of population here, we, which we talked about, they would be, they would really, really feel the pinch even more than they expected. Um, but if it is just, and I just reiterate, just quote unquote, um, then we, we, us in the UK, will be very lucky, I think, uh, or we'll, you know, it's, we'll be in a, in a strong position, it's in a decent situation. I wonder, I wonder if a lot of the kind of, um, the feelings that are in the UK is based on what we expect, what experienced at the start of COVID. Where in previous outbreaks with SARS and swine flu, it was like always, oh, it was, it's over there, and it generally stayed over there. But now we've experienced something that did start over there and came over here. I wonder if that's kind of playing in people's minds with this, where it can actually this could quite easily be an over here thing, and that's what's that's what's weighing on people's minds in some way, shape, or form.
0: I mean, our DMs have definitely suggested that. I've uh, mm. I've read several DMs. Um, Asking about the home front, what's going to happen here? What's the and my response has been, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens here. There's been like the newspapers and whatever have all put out posts about or articles about what happens next, but it's just full of speculation mm. and dare I say scaremongering. Yeah, like yeah, we don't if we don't know something, let's not speculate as to how bad it's going to be.
1: Mm.
0: Anyway, yeah, yeah, let's move on because the top post. Was about COVID. Um, Yeah. Okay. Back to the fun stuff. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lateral flow tests. Boots have started to sell them online. So, right now, you can go to Boots and you can pay £6 for a single lateral flow test or a pack of four for £17. And they're throwing in free delivery on that. So, quite the bargain. I don't understand why people are buying them now because they're still free.
2: Oh, they're still... Oh, okay. Well, there mm, you go. They're
0: e- free to the 1st of
2: April. Yeah. So, get stockpiling. Well, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that.
0: Don't, don't. No, no. Get an appropriate amount. So, but prices are going to come down from early March when it's going to be £9.50 for a pack of four. Oh, that's online. And if you're into a shop, you'll be able to pick up a test for the knockdown price of £2.50 and it would be £12 for a pack of five. Okay. What kind of comments have come through?
3: we are getting a lot of people who basically say that once they stop being free, they will never test. They won't test, you know, because if you have to pay for it, then that becomes something they're no longer interested in doing, you know? Um, Mm.
0: But the government, the government say... Well, you don't need to test. If you've got symptoms, stay at home. Look after each other. Like, after the first of April, it's just, like, you don't test for flu. If you just, you just try not to see people if you have flu. Like, that's contagious, airborne, contagious disease, isn't it? So the government says, don't test them. Mm. It's pretty much the answer. And then some places will still insist on tests. Maybe some workplaces Mm -hmm. or whatever, in which case you'd have to buy them. I think if I had a large workforce... I think I might, I think I might maybe buy in tests for people so that,
2: like. They... You want people to feel safe when they yeah. come to the office. Yeah. Let's head on to the next segment, the Wednesday debate, not Thursday this week. Every week though, we set the listeners a debate topic. And this week is to what extent is the UK a world leader in animal welfare? So Tatten, why
0: this why this topic? Well, I mean, there's there's lots of reasons, but the, the main one is because uh, uh, the government are putting out a bill to try and solve animal welfare and, and kind of not just because we've had the animal sentience bill, which is saying that every law that's made in the UK has to be checked that it doesn't get in the way of animals, right? That doesn't doesn't make animals' lives worse. But there's now one about kind of what's allowed to come into the country. So trying to change. Animal, animal welfare abroad and the government's decided that fur is now fine what? and foie gras which is made from stuffing stuff down geese's throats is also fine no final decision's been made but jacob rees mogg's been pushing quite hard on this mm. so it's like to what extent are we the world's police right? People in France love a bit of foie gras, and there are people in the UK who also love a bit of foie gras. So should the French be able to go, there you go, buy buy some. Everyone's happy. No laws have been broken in France. Is that okay or not? Like, what does this government want to do? It comes down to pure ideology. Are we going to stop people doing what they want to do because we disagree with the ethics and the values around it. I mean, both fur and fur grow. I think, are generally, and we'll get to the comments in a second, but I think they're generally frowned upon by a lot of people in this country. But to what extent should we be stopping people from doing what they want to do? What do you have on your side, Dan?
3: Yeah, so so we ask generally about animal welfare and to what extent we're a world leader. And I, I guess... Um, the reason, another reason we did it is post-Brexit, I guess, we had or have still the opportunity to set some of our own direction on this, right? And we all know that Carrie, the PM's wife, is a big animal rights advocate that comes across quite a few things that have been said and she's supported in the past. So a lot of people thought this would be right up there. But, you know, as Tatton said, Jacob Rees-Mogg has come out this week and very much said, no, you know, we're not for banning stuff. That's not the, the way... To to do it but here's what the readers thought about whether we're a, a leader in animal welfare um really interesting Luke hoden starts off and a lot of people agreed with this that we're a leader in pet welfare so you know the british love their pets but not all species mm. not all animals um so it's very specific in his opinion and um, well,
0: my cats my cat's welfare is ridiculously high too high i think
3: (laughs) yeah never be too high um but you know it's really hard as well a lot of people saying it's you know what are we comparing when you compare with other countries you know there's no league table out there well there are (laughs) there are are some but there's no one overarching league table of of, you know how all countries are doing but basically people saying that um there are some ways in which we don't necessarily treat livestock and farming animals appropriately, or as, you know, as well as we could do, which is an interesting point. And lots of uh, farmers disagreeing with that, saying that obviously there are standards and red tractor standards that people can look for, you know, if they, if, you know, they want to buy higher welfare products, you know, they're out there and available, but that's definitely a debate that was raging in the comments about, um, you know, can farming, can large scale farming of animals ever really seem to be truly advocating animal welfare?
0: Well, I I mean, just to to throw my experience here, I'm vegetarian, and uh, my partner isn't. And uh, my stepson definitely isn't. Uh, So I now find myself buying meat, which I've never done, but I will only buy like organic meat or kind of like meat from happy Happy chickens and uh, happy pigs. I mean, until the moment they've been slaughtered. And it's amazing how hard it is to find that. Like, even, even a massive Tesco might not have any. They'll have a Taste the Difference one, or that Sainsbury's, but but and that'll have, like, an RSPCA badge on it. But I, it's really hard. Like, how good is RSPCA? To get the RSPCA stamp, I don't know how what threshold it's got to have passed. You know, a very British conservative here says that we are leaders to a massive extent. Our welfare laws in farming are so stringent. They make us uncompetitive. Um, So again, that's about freedom. We're talking about freedom with, with animals and freedom to do what people want to do and what people need in this case. And balancing animal welfare against individual liberty, I suppose.
3: Yeah. Really tricky.
2: Yeah, I, you, I, I was kind of taken back by the by the comment from Luca Holden, and um, there was a retort from if you start now at if you start now, and you know that if you start now is comparing vegan welfare. They're saying that they're a vegan welfare campaigner and said that farm animals are often kept better than rabbits, guinea pigs, and hamsters, and people talk about um, you know small animals put in a cage and forgotten about at home, kind of thing. It's 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 a really tough one, and those are. A far cry. Well, there's a, I feel there's inherent to me. I feel there's a difference between that and the foie gras and that side of things where the geese are mistreated for their whole lives before being slaughtered to standard quote unquote agriculture where the purpose isn't to abuse them, but they just maybe turn a blind, a blind eye. Does that make sense?
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. And I think the the point with the, the foie gras and the, and the fur farming is that. We have said that it's absolutely not okay to do that in, in this country. So then why mm. should we lower our standards for what we import? If it's not okay, you know, it's not okay.
1: Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera. So... People currently listening to comedy podcasts and people listening to political podcasts and people listening to true crime podcasts who actually can't stop listening to true crime podcasts if it's ruling their lives. The point is, everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with eligible trade-in. Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply.
0: I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song and Kobe from Flixwatcher and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com.
2: Let's head to section three, Bills, Bills, Bills. Each week, we look at a bill that's going through Parliament, and we have, well, we come back to bills this week. Tatum, what's on the bills agenda this week?
0: It's the Police, Crime, Sentencing and Courts Bill, which is one of the big piece of legislation this government are bringing in it's it's really wide-ranging you may know it as the police bill you may know it as the protest bill this is the one that means that you are massively massively your freedom to protest will be very much reduced um you can't like don't be annoying as in the law like actually use the word annoying and like there's all kinds of things and it went through the commons because the government's got Massive majority in the Commons. So everyone went, oh, well done, Pretty. This is a they're Pretty done a great job here. This is really going to get our country moving without being clogged up by these protesters. And then it went to the House of Lords and the House of Lords, uh, there's no conservative majority in the House of Lords. So the House of Lords tore it apart and they defeated the government 14 times. And they defeated the government on noise. So, you couldn't stop protests because they were being noisy. I mean, I don't know if uh, if you've been on a protest, they're quite noisy. That's kind of the point in my younger days before I was a strictly neutral person. I went on lots of protests, you know, sore throats, loud me like it was you it's noisy, and so the House of Lords said, no we can't we can't do that. what else they voted against making an offence to interfere with anything like key national infrastructure or airports. Like you can't, basically they wanted to stop protests at airports and roads and the M25. So, you know, you've seen recently Insulate Britain have been Mm -hmm. sitting on roads and stopping people. And uh, the government went, yeah, we don't want that. And then the House of Lords went, well, no, maybe it's fair that we could have that. Um, so they've defeated the government on that. Uh, the government wanted to allow police to stop and search anyone at a protest. If you had a protest, you'd be stopped and searched. And the House of Lords said, no, that's an infringement on civil liberties. So let's take that one out. They wanted to allow individuals with a history of causing serious disruption. So if you've been a bit, if you've been a bit shouty in the past, you can't go to another protest. And various, various other things... But they put some things in. They want to protect Parliament Square so you can go and protest in Parliament Square. You, because that's... I mean, we've been protesting in Parliament Square for centuries. It's important that you can p- protest outside Parliament. They, they've put an amendment to require police officers to tell the truth in public inquiries.
1: Which, I it's saw amazing.
0: that. amazing.
3: Yeah.
0: What an amazing <laughs> um, amendment. Don't, don't lie. What? But I was going to lie. Well, don't. Okay. Did the House of Lords say I shouldn't? Yes. Perfect. Uh, and that, no, what, There's just just two more. I'll shut up in a minute. They want to scrap, and this is amazing, and I shouldn't say it, but I think this is a brilliant clause. They want to get rid of the Vagancy Act of 1824. Or I repeat that. 1824, which makes it a crime to beg as well as sleep rough. So homeless people are criminals in the eyes of the law because of the Vagrancy Act 1824. Let's get rid of that, right? There's there's various issues with homelessness, and goodness me, we don't have time now to talk about how to solve homelessness. But let's 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 not make them criminals for doing that. And then lastly, uh, the House of Lords have put in a clause that said misogyny, the hatred of women, is a hate crime because hatred. Is a hate. I love the Lords. Sometimes, you know, left
2: or right. Sometimes they just can't kind of have a look like, you, like your parents would do and say, "Come on, come on now." Yeah, and that's,
3: you, that's you exactly and Captain are the House of Lords fan club essentially.
0: <laughs> they're just they're just so great because the, the the Commons does stuff and the Lords go just exactly like your mum and dad. They read your homework and they go, hmm. "Oh, okay, did you really mean to write that?" And then they send it back. <laughs> they send it back in the Commons. The Commons can absolutely undo everything the House of Lords has done, right? And on Mm -hmm. Monday, I expect Mm -hmm. they will undo almost everything that the House of Lords have done. And then it goes back to the House of Lords. And the House of Lords can decide how punchy they want to be. Because lots of Lords will say, we've asked them to look again. They have looked again and they think we're wrong. They were elected. We weren't. Except Mm. if you're talking about the... Uh, hereditary peers by-elections which is definitely going to be a a random topic one day because they're really interesting we mostly haven't been elected so we'll let the mps have what they want right but in brexit we saw the House mm. of Lords really fighting back and making changes again and sending it back to the Commons. Mm. And maybe they feel strongly enough about some of these things that we'll get that ping pong for quite a long time. But yeah, this week, Monday afternoon, pretty Patel in the Commons fighting for the amendments she wants to make. And it's going to be really interesting to see how people vote, see how, what, what the Conservative MPs, because don't forget it doesn't really matter how the opposition vote because there's hardly any of them. It's all about how many Conservative MPs go, yes, Parliament Square needs to be protected as a place to protest. Mm. Like, that's quite a tradition. That's quite a Conservative idea. So maybe they'll back that. Let's go, yeah, Monday afternoon, House of Commons. It'll start about 3.30, unless there's Ukraine stuff. Be there, BBC Parliament. It's exciting. (laughs) On that, guys, let's
2: head to Random Choice. (laughs) And this section we can go anywhere. Diane, where do you wanna where do you wanna take us first?
3: Yeah, um it's a tough pick this week with everything that's going on, but um what Uh, happened was an announcement on education, higher education specifically, 18 plus education um, in the middle of the week that kind of again got a little bit lost in between everything else that was happening. But um, education said Nadeem Zahawi, who used to be vaccines minister and now is in education taking on that mantle and um, he wants to sort this out basically, the whole how university and higher education is funded. Um, because it's costing a lot of money. It's costing a lot more people than ever are going to university. And, and, you know, you'd think that's a great thing. However, what he says is that more people are going, but they're not necessarily getting value for money from their courses. Um, and when they graduate or when they get whatever qualification they've got, they're not getting fantastically well-paid jobs that mean they can pay back their student loans. Um some people will never pay back their student loans. And in fact, he said that last students who started last year, only a quarter of them will ever be expected to. So only a quarter of anyone who started in 2020 will end up paying it back. So it's costing a lot of money. And let's not forget, taxpayers are involved in this and not all taxpayers went to uni or will ever go to uni. So he wants to do some things to make it fairer, he says. um, And... They do include making students pay back earlier and for longer. So you'll start to pay back at an earlier threshold. That's one of his plans. And your payback window has now extended to 40 years instead of 30. So if you go to uni uni in your 20s, you could still be paying back in your 60s, which is quite the thought. So um, when we posted this, a lot of people actually discussing whether it is worth going into higher education anymore and certainly the government definitely mm. have an agenda to push some people down a different path into more vocational apprenticeship traineeship type roles because they want to do that as well so it's a bit of everything i think for the education secretary you know the the money aspect but also this this push to say there are other avenues to explore
2: i think this is this is super interesting I've, I've, I've kind of thought about this many times uh over, over my of my lifetime and decades i, I mean we, we talked about aging ourselves at the, at the start of this episode but my year was the first year that I had to start paying um for student student loan and that that gives you an idea of how old i am and initially it was uh that's so not fair because literally the guy lives down my road or the guy in the year above me didn't have to pay student loans and, and take out student loans and repay them back. But then one of the things that our teacher said was, which kind of settled me is that look, if you're going to university on average, you will be able to command a higher income on average, which makes it almost like fair enough, this loan is like the lowest loan you can ever get in your life on average, it's kind of fair that you, you, you pay it back and make, you know, make some kind of recompense for the fact you're going to have, if you do well at university, or if you choose rightly, you should have a good time there and should come away with, you know, something that you've learned. And that, so I, I kind of placated as a result of that, but it still, it still seems a bit unfair, some way, some way shape or form.
0: Well, I think we've got, first of all, the American system of student loans is mm. awful, mm, right? Absolutely. Like it's much worse than we have. So there's, we're better than America yay (laughs) but secondly it's it's just about the taxpayer like Mm -hmm. the narrative of the taxpayer is paying for rich people to go and swan about at university it's i mean it's rubbish we don't want that but also the taxpayer is paying for a high-skilled population because university skills people up in various ways. I mean, not, not in the same ways that apprentices do, not in the same ways that other things do, but universities there to create that. And what's really interesting is that one of the ways, because another part of the announcement this week was he's consulting. This is about cutting down numbers of people who go to university. He's consulting on whether there should be a minimum requirement of, a G, of GCSE or A-level grades to be eligible for a loan in the first place. And it's, you've got to have a math GCSE and an English GCSE, pretty much is the plan. Or you can't have a, you, they're not going to ban you from going to university, but you can't have a loan. Mm. And I think it's, he's education secretary, right? He's got plans to be prime minister. Who is going to try to go to university after having got no GCSEs? The demographic there. to to me, sounds like people who were clever, but had a bad school, that they didn't access general education, that they've been failed by their school, right? If they're clever enough to get to university, or for a university to offer them a place after they've got no GCSE, that suggests that, that schooling hasn't been ideal. And places where schools are less ideal tend to be more deprived areas, Mm. So what you're doing, and there's so new consultation, and there's, there are other arguments, of course, about not wasting people's time and about not paying for someone to go to university if they're not going to succeed, whatever. But if you come from a deprived area, you need that loan the most. And there's a worry that this might stop intelligent people from being able to access that university education and then those higher... Then there's higher wages that come with statistically still, if you go to university, you're more likely to work to earn more, and then move yourself out of poverty. And that is potentially shutting a door on an avenue to somebody mm. pulling themselves out of poverty and leveling up. Leveling mm. up. This government's all about uh, work being the best way out of poverty. So yeah,
2: I, I wonder. I'm sure it's a small. I'm, I'm sure it's a small portion, but maybe significant the people who have benefited who come from a, a deprived area gone to university made a name for themselves and want to give back and help out the, the communities because they see they see that they've 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 succeeded in spite of the of the troubles and feel that there's other people there who could do better for themselves if they had more of a guidance and i, I feel we'd be missing out on those and those kind of folks as well if they mm. if they didn't have the opportunities um well, i'm not stormzy. sure what is, but stormzy yeah. stormzy
0: paid for some people to go to Oxford. i think there you go
2: Guys, we we need to encourage more Stormzy. That's that's the that's the pin on this on this segment. Yeah, um, but probably not a <laughs> headline in Glastonbury though. That's simple music podcast. I think you're in the wrong place there. Uh, uh, I <laughs> apologies.
0: Well, I, I have <laughs> I have very strong views about Glastonbury, so <laughs> uh, we can revisit that another time. We can do. Uh, Glastonbury
2: is on this year. Um, I'm not sure if the tickets are on. Well, let's go. Let's, let's stay away from simple music. This is simple <laughs> politics. Um, this is the final section, guys. Section number five. Crystal ball. diane what do you think the big stories will be
3: well yeah it's slightly obvious and i'll I'll let and kind of close it off on on ukraine but before all that kicked off before all that happened i had one tiny reminder in my calendar for next week which was about pancake day on tuesday because i love it (laughs) it's my favorite like day of the year and um I'm not sure we're going to get to post about it this Tuesday because it doesn't quite feel like it at the minute, um, but we will see.
2: I, I was scared. I, I woke, woke up on, on Wednesday last week and thought, hold on, that was the last Tuesday in February. Mm-hmm. We missed Pancake Day. Um, and this, so this is this is the first time I, I can remember it being in March. And again, to age myself, did you guys watch Made Marian and Her, and Her Merry Men? Yes. yes. And there's that song, Pancake Day, uh, <laughs> sung by Barrington, a.k.a. Danny John-Jules, aka Cat from Red Wolf. again aging myself here massively, guys. Um, but that song, "Pancake Day" song, I every every single Pancake Day, I, I find it on YouTube and play it to myself because it was like the best day of my life when that song when I heard that song for the first time. Um, so I agree with you, Dan. I think it's great. I don't eat so many pancakes as I did now then, but that Pancake Day song is
0: one of my favorites ever. Isn't it funny how different we all are? I couldn't give a monkeys about Patrick Day. <laughs> it's Diane's favourite day of the year. Yes. And it's my it's just a day. I mean it's one it's one of the top 365 for me. <laughs> um but what have you
2: got for a crystal ball then?
0: Well, it's just, I mean it's not even a crystal ball. Like it's just what we'll what we'll get is mm. death. Yeah. And People fleeing and people's lives being destroyed just constantly, endlessly. People trying to get across borders, and we'll see. You know, it's just it's going to be it's going to be a hard week. It's going to be a hard week in the news. Yeah. There's no way Ukraine wins mm. because like it's it's a it's not it's not David versus Goliath. It's David versus a hundred Goliaths, and he's only got one station. Like like he's, unless NATO go in, which you can't happen. Ukraine, this is over. This is this this is over, and then we have Russia it running the place. Mm. Putin. Someone said in the comments today, please don't use the word Russia when you mean Putin, because they're very, very different at this stage yeah. with the demonstration, the anti war demonstrations happening across Russia. Yeah. You've got to have some serious guts to demonstrate in Russia that you know we think our protest rules are changing because it's a bit dodgy. Like they you're not allowed to protest in Russia so Putin based or Putin's people based in Ukraine, running it, just making things not very nice. So it's not a crystal ball. It's happening now. It'll be happening when you when you hear this. Yeah, and it's miserable. Well, on that summer note, guys, uh,
2: we'll say goodbye to the listeners. And hopefully we'll rejoin you next week with some more sunnier, brighter news. And Diane, please do tell us uh, how many pancakes you have uh, on pancake day when we reconvene this time next week.
3: I will, I promise.
2: Stay well, people.
0: (laughs) You just heard a stripped media production.
1: Everyone gets AT&T's best deal on the new iPhone 14 Pro with the incredible camera. So people currently listening to comedy podcasts and people listening to political podcasts and people listening to true crime podcasts who actually can't stop listening to true crime podcasts and it's ruling their lives. The point is, everyone, new and existing customers. Ask how to get up to $800 off the new iPhone 14 Pro with eligible trade in. Visit att.com or our stores for details. Terms and restrictions may apply.